Well, good morning. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know me, I am Ryan Kime. I'm our Next Steps and Outreach Minister here at Bachelor Creek. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited that uh, I get to see all of you guys here uh, with us in person this morning. And for those of you that are worshiping with, with us online, uh, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, uh, we are thankful and honored that uh, you guys have chosen to join us this morning. Um, but today uh, is our final message in the Word to the Wise series. Um, it's been a, a great journey, and, and Joel, our lead minister, got to, got to kick things off six weeks ago um, uh, with a, a wisdom and healthy fear, and then he also followed that up with wisdom with work. And then Tyler Leland, our uh, elementary minister um, on our Family Worship Sunday got to uh, share with us words, or wisdom in words. And then Joel took back over, and he then shared with us wisdom in money, wisdom in parenting, and then wisdom in our marriages. And, um, and if you haven't had the opportunity to hear all these messages, or maybe you've missed one or two, I really want you to, uh, I really encourage you to go and uh, check out our Facebook page, our website, our, our YouTube channel, and, and gather, go back and gather that wisdom by, by following up and, and catching the, the series, uh, either the whole series or the ones that you've missed. Um, we've gained so much knowledge and so much wisdom over these six weeks. However... However, honestly, I think that today's message is by far the most important message on, in this series. And it's not because I'm up here and I get to share it with you. I know that many of you probably think that, but it's not that. Um, but here's the thing. Here's why I think it's the most important th re message in this series. Because if we get our friends right, the right friends will help set us up for success in every area of your life. I want to say that again because this is important. If we get our friends right, the right friends will help set us up for every or for success in every area of our life. So think about it this way. If we get our friends wrong, we can set ourselves up for a long, painful life of trials, struggles, and destruction that makes a war zone look like a dream vacation, right? Many of you know what we're talking about there. Today, however, I am honored to share with you wisdom and friendship. Wisdom and friendship. Robin Dunbar, author of Friends, Understanding the Power of Your Most Important Relationships, shares the thought behind his Dunbar's number. And as we take a look at, at his number chart, I want to share with you how he breaks it down. And here's how he breaks it down. So as you're looking at that chart, the innermost 1.5 is your most intimate. And clearly that talks about your, your intimate, your, your marriages, right? Those relationships. The next layer is your five. Shoulder to cry on, friends. The ones who will drop everything to support you when you feel like your world is falling apart around you. They are our glue, our run-to guy. They're our main supporters. That 15 layer, he goes on and says, includes the, the previous five and your core social partners. They're your main source, social companions. So they provide context for having fun, and they also provide the main circle for exchanges of childcare. 
We trust them enough to leave our children with them. The next layer at 50 is your big weekend barbecue people. And then you have the layer of 150, and that is your weddings and funeral group. Those ones that are there for the once-in-a-lifetime events. So that's how he breaks down that core group of friends there. Today, though, today, however, I, I, want, to, um, I want to talk about those five close friends, those shoulder-to-cry-on friends, those ones who drop everything at a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, to come and support you when you feel like your world is falling apart. Now, it's, it's no surprise many of you that know me well know that I'm a big Craig Groeschel fan. And Craig Groeschel is, is an author and lead pastor of Life Church, And he's well known for, for this quote. And it goes this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now, in your, in your bulletin, I want you to just take a moment right now. And I want you to just write out one through five who you think are your top five friends right now. Just take a brief moment and go ahead and do that. Now, many of you may be struggling, but that's okay. Those top five friends have come to you. But I'm going to share with you my top five friends that have been my five friends at some point in my life. All right, here we go. My first one is, is Beer Buddy Terry. I uh, saved my job and went with the root beer today. My second one, Wedding Champagne Steve. My third one, Coffee Cup Troy. My fourth one, Bridge Builder Allen. And my fourth one, Lunchbox Mark. Those are my five closest friends. Now you're probably thinking, you're probably thinking, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? You're probably thinking, this guy's future probably isn't very bright. Trust me, at one point in my life, I probably thought that too. But here's the thing I hope, I hope that today you'll grasp from not only from my friends, but from your friends as well. And that is this. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I hope that you grasp that today. Now, here's the thing. I'm not much of a Facebook person. Just, it's not my thing, right? Um, so if you're one of my 1,501 friends on Facebook... I'm sorry that I'm not a very good Facebook friend. I hope you'll forgive me. But here's the thing. I, I kind of, it, it's confusing. Facebook is confusing to me. I'm not sure why we spend so much time on it, but that's okay. But here's the thing. I love how Craig Rochelle also defines, by using Proverbs 17, 17, how he defines a Facebook friend. And I want to share that with you. And here it is. A friend is someone who may or may not know well you may, you may not know well, who accepts your friend request on Facebook. 
This person is born to like and comments on your post to make you feel good about yourself. That's how he defines a Facebook friend. And for so many of us, that's, that's so true. We look to Facebook as our friend. We see those who have friended us on, our, uh, on Facebook, and we think they are our true friends. And some of you, some of them are your true friends. Just like part of your, those 1,500 friends of mine on Facebook, some of you are my true friends. Now, here's the thing. I want to ask you kind of a personal question. When's the last time you looked at your screen time on your phone and compared it to how much time you spend on social media versus the time you spend in person with your friend? Let that soak in for a little bit. How much time do you spend on social media versus how much time you spend in person with your friend? So whether your five closest friends are your in-person or maybe they're your Facebook friends, here's what I want you to understand and here's what I want you to think about when you think about those five closest friends. Our friends are not about what someone can do for us. Our friendships are not about what someone can do for us. Way too many of us think our true friends are those who make us feel good about ourselves. And that is why we turn to Facebook for comfort. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Now, some of you may be already texting our elders or getting ready to call them after service about my five friends, right? But before you do, I want to take a moment and I want to, to share with you the stories of my five close friends. I want to remind you of my five closest friends. We have um, Beer Buddy Terry, we have Champagne Steve, we have Coffee Cup Troy, and we have Bridge Builder Allen and Lunchbox Mark. But I also want to remind you of Proverbs 17, 17, and that is a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born in a, for a time of adversity. After I graduated from high school, I had two drinks that I really enjoyed. A good old ice cold Coke, which I would drink from sunup to sundown. And that was before I enjoyed a good cup of coffee. My second was a cold beer. This was often my weekend choice of beverage. As Dunbar's numbers showed, this was my layer of 50 right? My weekend barbecue buddy drinkers. Back then, I had more friends than I realized, or so I thought. That seems to happen when you can get a room full of underage people drinking beer, free beer. You seem to have more friends than you realize. But here's the thing, with all my friends hanging out in my room, hanging out in the room, drinking beer, the only friend in the room I didn't see was Beer Buddy Terry. See, Beer Buddy Terry didn't drink beer. Terry was my youth leader. Terry was the guy who, even after I graduated high school, was there for me. He cared about me. He wanted the best for me. He believed in me, and he trusted me. He loved me. 
And I always knew that I could show up at his house at any time, in any shape, and he would always love me unconditionally. I love what Proverbs 13, 20 says. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for companions of fools suffer harm. Terry was wise. If I would not have walked with Terry during those days, I would not be here today. I would not have married Wendy. I don't know what I would be doing or where I'd be. I may be working at the, 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 the kitchen at the local jail right now. I'm not really sure. But one thing I do know is that Terry took time to walk with me no matter what. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for allowing me to walk with you. You helped set the direction of my life and for that, I am forever grateful. August 7th, 1999 was by far the best day ever. That was the day that uh, uh, Wendy and I got married. But, uh, but if you were to ask Wendy how those first few years of marriage were, I'm sure uh, you would be surprised uh, that we made it past the first three or four Christmases. Yes, I said Christmases. Um, see, I'm not, I'm not like David Diener, um, who loves Christmas and celebrates it uh, year-round. Um, I struggle. I, I struggle at Christmas time every year, and I still do. My good friend Steve married Wendy and I. We went through premarital counseling and with Steve, and uh, I, I met with Steve for several years. But it wasn't until a few years after our marriage that my time with Steve really deepened. And I'm reminded in Proverbs 27, 5 and 6, where it says, better is, open, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Steve, op Steve was open with me. He spoke with love. However, it is often not what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. I can still remember those conversations at Steve's house or at his place of employment, sometimes in the middle of the night or early in the morning. I know this may be a shocker to many of you, but I had a pretty short fuse back in the day, shorter than I do now. And trust me, it gets a lot shorter around Christmas time for some reason. But it took a guy like Steve to help me to understand how to control my anger and not scream and yell at Wendy over the dumbest things in life, like Christmas lights. I still battle with this today, but I've learned, I've learned how to control it. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Thank you, Steve for your friendship. Thank you for, for being open and telling me what I needed to hear and not what I wanted to hear. Thank you, Steve. 
You helped set the direction of my life, and for that I am forever grateful. In August of 2005, Hurricane Katrina uh, made landfall and wrecked havoc on many cities along the, the Gulf Coast. A few months after, a group of guys from our church headed down to Bluxton, Mississippi. I knew who Troy was. We'd had a, a conversation or two, but really never knew who Troy really, or never really had a relationship with Troy. Even on the trip, we didn't really have much of a, a communication and much relationship that it was there. But it was on that long drive, my long turn of driving in the middle of a rainy night on the way home from Mississippi, where Troy sat in that front passenger seat as we drove home that night. Troy asked engaging questions and pushed me to dream and think deep that night. Once we got home, we began to meet weekly for years and years, mainly over breakfast. Not missing many weeks. Troy would always seek to find those dreams and thoughts that were in me that I didn't even know that were there. He would also help pull out those hurts and frustrations that were weighing me down and keeping me from seeing those thoughts and dreams. I love how the amplified version of Proverbs 27, 9 reminds me so much of Troy. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. So does the sweetness of, friends, of a friend's counsel that comes from a heart. Troy always shared from his heart. And if you ever get the opportunity to meet Troy or anyone like him, you will always feel the compassion and love that he has and that they we have. Troy cares about me so much. When I think of perfumes, when we think of perfumes, we think of, I, I think of how much they linger. Even after the person who's wearing the perfume or the cologne leaves your presence, you can still smell them as if they were still standing right next to you. It's like that with Troy. Even today, we don't meet very often anymore a few times a year, but it's like perfume with Troy. He's with me even when he's not. I can still feel him in his, around me in his presence. His counsel is always running through me even when he's not presence, present with me. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Troy, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for pushing me to find who I really am. You helped set the direction for my life. And for that, I am forever grateful. Alan was a youth pastor at our church where Wendy and I volunteered for the youth for many years. I can remember plain as day standing in the lobby where Alan shared with me the importance of never burning bridges. Sometimes our BFFs are best friends forever, right? Sometimes those friends, they break up. And one person goes one way and the other goes the other. 
Alan shared his great wisdom of not burning bridges because someday you may need that friend and they may need you. We make friends by chance, but we deepen them by choice. We make friends by chance, but we deepen them by choice. Proverbs, 20, or Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. It's impossible to live life right when you have the wrong friends. However, burning bridges keeps us from repairing broken relationships. Burning bridges can cost us a lot. Lumber is expensive, and so is rebuilding broken relationships. Don't burn things that have cost you so much to build the first time. I'll never forget the time I was remodeling a kitchen for one of my customers when I was building they shared with me that the cost of remodeling their kitchen cost twice as much as it cost them when they first bought their house many, many years earlier in their life. It's the same with our relationships. I often share Alan's wisdom with others. I have learned a lot about friendship over the years because of his insight. I know it's impossible to live right, the, the right life with the wrong friends. And I now know how important it is to be the right friend. Sometimes we need to unfriend some of our friends. Sometimes we need to unfriend, to unfriend them. Not burning bridges, but keeping those friends at a safe distance, allowing for safe and healthy relationships. However, there are two reasons why you would want to unfriend someone. The first is if they distract you from God's plan for your life. If they distract you from God's plan for your life. The second is if they constantly tempt you to want to sin. Now, there's only one reason why you'd never, ever burn a bridge. And that is loving them with the unconditional love of Jesus. That is why you never burn a bridge. You need to love them with Unconditional love of Jesus. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Thank you, Alan, for your friendship. Thank you for never burning our bridge. And I look forward to many, many more years as friends. You have helped set the direction of my life. And for that, I am forever grateful. Then there's Lunchbox Mark. This is that guy you would watch from a safe distance and do the complete opposite of, or at least that's what he would tell you. And that's not true. Mark and I met several years ago, and like Troy, I knew who he was, but didn't really know him. Our paths crossed when, we came, when Mark came to work with us at Climate Makers, where I was working at. We worked together for, for years installing heating and cooling systems. But after working together for one year, we became close friends. Let me tell you something about Mark. Mark is the sum of all the men I just shared with you. Mark won't agree with me, and that's okay. But I'll tell you this 
about Mark. Mark is my closest friend. The things I've learned from these other four guys I've shared with you, Mark is the result of those friendships. How many of you have ever mentored somebody or been mentored by somebody? Right? It's something that we do a lot of. But here's the thing. I don't think you can mentor somebody without being mentored by them. And we see an example of this in Proverbs 27, 17, where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. For Mark and I, our friendship started with a lunchbox. We would sit down and eat lunch and, and have some very deep conversations. Ones that would lead, ones that were led by God's word and often set challenges before us. Let's look at how the pro, uh, Proverbs 27, 17 is in the Amplified Version. I really love how this goes a little deeper. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so when man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Mark has taught me so much, and I hopefully have taught him at least something. Our lunchbox conversations every day came to an end when I took this position here at the church. However, we still meet every Wednesday, and I need that time with Mark. Oftentimes, that time is spent just talking about miscellaneous things. Sometimes it's reading a book together and discussing it. But that time with Mark sharpens me. It centers me. It refocuses me. He knows me, and I know him. Our marriages are stronger. Our walk with Jesus is stronger because we make it a priority to spend that time together each Wednesday morning. Show me your friends, and I'll show you the future. your future. Thank you, Mark, for your friendship. Thank you for sharpening me, even when I don't have an edge to sharpen. You have helped set the direction of my life, and for that, I am forever grateful. Now, as we come to a close today, I want, I want you to know that I've made many mistakes in life. And I've had some wrong friends in my life a time or two. And I've been the wrong friend for others a time or two. But with Christ in my life, I have always had the right friend at the right time to help me set up, be set up for success in my life. Now, you've heard us talk a lot about influencing daily lately here at Bachelor Creek and what it looks like. These five stories that I've shared with you are just brief little glimpses of my life and my stories with my friends. But because I had five Christian men influencing my life daily, my life has forever been changed. And I want to share with you as we close five words to the wise that I hope will help set the direction of your life. Word to the wise, number one. You are one friend away from changing the course of your life forever. You are one friend away from changing the course of your life forever. Just like each of my friends, they were my one friend that I needed in that season of my life. They may not be my closest friends today, but they are some of the deepest, most reliable friends that I have. They all became 
friends by chance, but we're deepened by choice. Maybe it's time you deepen some of those relationships that were brought to you by chance. You are, only, you are one friend away from changing the course of your life forever. Words to the wise, number two. You are the average of your five closest friends. Do you like who you are? That's a fair question. Do you like who you are? Who do you want to be like? Now, I'm not talking about being some second-rate version of somebody, but to be a better first-rate version of yourself. So who do you want to be like? See, find those kind of friends and be like those friends. Help deepen those relationships with those friends. And here's the thing. Strive to be the top of the average, the top end of the average of your five closest friends. Strive to become a better person so you can be the best friend for your friend. Not the BFF, not the best friend forever, but the best friend for your friend. You are the average of the five closest friends. Word of the wise, number three. Don't burn today what God may need to use tomorrow. Don't just build a bridge, build a drawbridge. Build a drawbridge. Got to get the little animation there for you guys. Build the drawbridge. Because sometimes it's better to keep our friends on the other side at a safe distance. To allow things and some time to pass by. So that at some point in life, you may need to lower that bridge, that drawbridge back down to allow access to you and to them. Don't burn today what God may need to use tomorrow. Don't just build a bridge, build a drawbridge. Word to the wise, number four. You can only be as good of a friend as you allow your friend to be a friend to you. I'm gonna say that again. You can only be as good of a friend as you allow your friend to be a friend to you. The more you keep from your friend, the further they are from you. It's simple. Be the friend you need them to be to you so that you can be the friend they need you to be. You can only be as good of a friend as you allow your friend to be a friend to you. Word to the wise, number five. Friendship is not about what someone can do for you. It's about who and what the two of you become in each other's presence. Make no mistake, God will accomplish all he wants to do. The question is this, the question is this. Will you let him do it through you and your friend? Will you let him do it through you and your friend? We become friends by chance. God allowed your past to cross and the relationships to start. It's up to you to deepen them. What you do together in life can change the lives of the people around you. Our friendship is not about who 
Our friendships are, is about who and what the two of you become in each other's presence. God used each of my friends to accomplish his will, not only in my life, but the lives of my friends. Friendship is not about what someone can do for you. It's about who and what the two of you can become in each other's presence. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for friendship. I thank you so much for the wisdom that you've given us through Proverbs these past seven weeks. And Lord, I know that some of us struggle with friendships and some of us are not good friends. Some of us are friends that, that are struggling. And Lord, no matter where we're at in our friendships, Lord, I pray that that we can just give those friendships over to you and that we can do your will with our friends so that forever lives can be changed. Lord, I pray that we won't burn bridges, that we'll burn, that we will build drawbridges. And Lord, I pray that we, you will use our friendships to bring glory to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.